Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm joined by three excellent customer experience analysts to discuss the latest news from across the space. Uh, yesterday I am joined by Rebecca Wetterman, uh, Principal uh, at Valois, Michael Fawcett, Founder and uh, CEO and Chief Analyst at Arian Research and Cameron Marsh, Research Analyst at Nucleus Research. Uh, yes, yeah, great to have you all um, join us and I'm really excited to get straight uh, into this news. Um, but I'm going to start off, uh, as I usually do on these uh, shows, by on, on more of a negative note, um, and that is um, the Silicon Valley um, bank uh, collapse, which happened uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I think it's an interesting one to investigate how this may impact the CX space and the tech vendors um, within it, maybe the impact beyond. I don't know if anybody has any kind of thoughts to start uh, this conversation on. Well, what do you get when you combine arrogance and ignorance or blissful ignorance, right? You get a lot of loss of value. And I think that what we're seeing is capital is going to be more difficult to access, which means we're going to look at valuations differently and we're going to look at folks that have been spending money to acquire customers in a different way. Yeah. I mean, you think about this is this is a symptom and and it's it's a really this the whole credit crunch the the interest problems you know the interest rates rise this is like the end of the 2008 to now run that was you know free money and and everybody that had a startup could you know with with an mvp could get a a um, a loan a funding round a whatever and and i think th this is going to be tough um, right now for anybody and I, i've heard from several friends that are trying to raise money that they're they're um knocking on doors and nobody's answering mm -hmm. i've heard the same thing too and i think the other sad thing is these startups now have to think about cash management in a completely different way too right because it's not just being able to manage your money it's having it in different places and yeah. making sure that you can access it to run payroll that just adds a whole another layer of things they need to yeah. worry about yeah, that's uh, that's a complicated one. Nobody's certainly used to that. And I don't know if you saw, but today that they just announced, uh, or maybe over the weekend, they'd come to a deal with First Citizens to acquire some of the assets, like seventy-two billion in assets for sixteen point five billion, which I guess is a pretty good deal. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it goes to show too that, uh, like you guys said, you're knocking on the door, and no one's answering. So you know, for these vendors that are struggling, when someone does answer the door, the kind of deal they're going to get isn't going to be very good. Finally, yeah. you know, I think it could lead to you know some consolidation, maybe some bigger fish kind of swallowing up some smaller fish. You know, these, these small struggling vendors could very well you could see you know be acquired by you know I guess the bigger players in that space. So it'd be really interesting to see kind of what happens there. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. you expect tuck-ins, right? And 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 it's easy to see, you know, you can acquire some customers even if you're in the same space and maybe you don't want the technology, but if you can get it really cheap, why would you not? Buy the customers. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's going to be a fascinating one to keep an eye on, as you say, to see how it goes. Fingers crossed it doesn't, I mean, it's the startups really that I imagine, as you, uh, you've all pointed out, this is going to hit hard. Um, but yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. And uh, just maybe switching gears um, a little bit, some more maybe more of the more negative um, news now, and that's kind of Meta's plans to offload uh, customer its uh, CRM solution. Um, it's interesting because it's only about a year ago since the um, since the acquisition was made. Did this maybe surprise any of you? I mean, it's a, it's not the. 
I always wonder it's not the greatest fit. I mean, I know why they did it, but they're really more focused around their public messaging apps and and the way that connects in. And I, I know they must have thought that would, this would be an on-ramp for that, but I don't think that's really worked out. Um, I heard the two uh, founders were actually trying to get money to buy it back. Interesting. Yeah, you know, everything I read about it was basically just meta, you know, similar to some other things I think we're about to talk about, right, is more just focusing on what they do well, right? I mean, something like 98% of meta's you know, revenue comes from advertisements. And I think, you know, Mike was exactly right, Marissa, it wasn't, wasn't maybe a great fit. I know their main priority right now is, like Mike said, you know, monetizing WhatsApp specifically. And, you know, I don't think customer was really maybe best suited to enable them to carry out that, that value, uh, I guess. Uh, adventure well i you know it's interesting i i just finished a, a consumer communication survey for a client and without going into the details of the data i will tell you the public messenger did not last or near last on every uh on every survey to say we don't really want to use that for business uh communication or if we do we don't really trust it for certain things that's that's the that's the point here mike right this is about trust right from the from the company that sold your data <laughs> marketed your data everything right. else are you going to trust them with your business data and the answer is no no i mean and i'm going to give you my entire customer database eh, maybe not yeah maybe not. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one as well i also think maybe part of what held it back was how long the deal took to complete i mean mm -hmm. i think from when they tried to when they first made the offer for customer, it took almost over a year for it to go through regulatory approval for the <laughs> for the reasons which Rebecca you probably well, alluded which, to. <laughs> yeah, which tells you something, right? I mean, if it took yeah. that long to get approval to begin with. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, maybe I think that's a great uh, overview of that situation. I also wanted to talk about another acquisition. Um, and that was from some investment firms, I believe they're called Silver Lake and CPP Investments. Um, they announced that um, they're going to acquire uh, Qualtrics of $12.5 billion. Um, do you, Dan, do you have any thoughts on how this could impact uh, Qualtrics as a business um, and its kind of status as a uh, voice of the customer, as a voice of the customer leader? Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to SAP bash, so I won't spend much time there. But let's just say that there is a history of perhaps their larger acquisitions underperforming. And in fact, if you remember a couple of years ago, they spun out some of those into a separate entity to see if that would work better and move it away from the from the the core management, the core products. So I mean, some of that is just purely underperformance i think by by uh, qualtrics and maybe that's under investment by sap i don't know but um but it's an interesting one to to watch for sure well you know, qualtrics is a great tool yeah right but there are a lot of competing tools out there and the other thing too is the survey is on its way out right as much as we talk about voice of the customer if i can actually record analyze and provide an understanding of the sentiment on the data in real time why am i irritating customers with surveys yeah so the the idea that there's a market opportunity moving forward for survey analysis tool if it's data mining analyzing that data and being able to spin it back great but if it's just building surveys and then trying to get yeah. customers or employees to take them that's on the way out 
Yeah, I think you're right, Rebecca. And I think this whole, like, we really haven't talked a lot about real time in, in, in CX uh, over the last few years, but I think that's going to be the number one topic going forward, because if you can, and you can, and you can digital twin that data and test your responses in real time before you make them. I mean, why would you not go that direction? Why would you go back to historical analysis when you can have real time analysis? Right. Yeah, it's interesting as well because I think that they brought Clara Bridge a few years ago, but they still they still sell that as a separate solution, I, I believe. So it's it's almost like they haven't kind of built into their model. And although that twelve point five billion is is I think SAP bought it for about eight billion, so it's <laughs> they still I know they only own I think seventy percent of it now, but still they've managed to almost do quite a good bit of business through it going completely against their original plans. In a way, it's a, it was a very good um, bit of business. But yeah, I think it's going to be, that's going to be another interesting uh, one to follow, actually, to see. I actually was doing, doing a story on the for, Forested Wave report, and Qualtrics actually fell down that um, medallion, I think, uh, were the only leader in the space they put. So, I mean, obviously, it's a certain report, but it's, it gives a good, interesting bit of overview. Um, Anyway, I think that's maybe enough on on that one. Um, that I think there's there's some other really great news also coming out in the space, and I think maybe one of the most eye catching was uh, everything that's going on with Salesforce with um, it launching its first generative AI for CRM. Um, I think this is going to be something we're going to see a lot about. But do any of you have any kind of thoughts on on that announcement? I guess my initial reaction, uh, thought that announcement is a lot of the Salesforce marketing materials around that were, you know, the, not our first, but the first generative AI for CRM. And I don't think that was technically true, right? Microsoft announced theirs maybe a week earlier. And I think, you know, HubSpot announced it on the same day. Um, but I think it, it means a lot for a lot of folks. I think that it's still way too soon to tell what the, you know, long-term benefits are going to be. I mean, those are all still in beta. And, you know, coming from like a practical experience myself, uh, you know, there's obviously tons of use cases across all of CX, right? You know, it's going to be, you know, the, the use cases for salespeople and maybe some marketing folks and even customer service reps is going to be very different. Um, at least like my core experience, and I love Rebecca and maybe Michael to, you know, weigh in on this too, but uh, the current, you know, archetype, right, of a typical customer service agent, it's definitely going to need to transform the, I guess, expertise or the skill set that these users have, right? Um, you know, in my experiences, what I really do fear happening, right, is especially for these organizations that really do stress volume of output, is they're going to enter in a prompt, they're going to copy, they're going to paste, they're going to send. And I think for organizations that really do pride themselves in being those customer-focused organizations, that might not be the best solution. So I think it's going to be a lot of um you know just testing the waters a little bit and really kind of seeing how the tool can be best leveraged it's not a solution it's a tool i think at least at this point yeah i think you're right i think a tool is a good way to describe it you know i think one thing they did well that i particularly like but i i suspect that it's because they couldn't do it any other way is the fact that they've made it open so they they're not saying this is a chat gpt integration it's uh open GPT integration it can work with any of those engines. so you know i think that's that sounds like a good message uh but you know since microsoft announced its partnership with OpenAI if you would earlier i guess that probably the underlying reason uh, you know, I think we see a couple of things here, too. You know, the idea of operationalizing AI, it's great to throw chat GPT out there, but unless you actually put some guardrails around it and enable people to use it in an effective way, it can be the best tool in the world or the worst weapon. 
right? When you think about the productivity of agents, the productivity of salespeople, the productivity of marketers, great if that's trending upwards in the right direction. But just like, you know, I remember when we started with email and people thought this is a great productivity tool or it's not. It's a tool and a technology to enable to do that. And I think one of the things that Salesforce really stressed was around not just that it has to be automated, but that it has to be right. Right. So as we think directionally, obviously, with what's happened with Bing and ChatGPT there, people are saying, I really need to be able to trust this to be right. And I think that's where Salesforce is focused on positioning this differently and saying, we're going to put some guardrails around it. We've got the Office of Ethical and Humane Use working on that. And we're going to make sure that it's not just delivering automated responses, mm. but the right responses. So well, and, and the, you get the access to the data in the business. So that's a difference, right? I mean, if you're using the chat GPT engine in, you know, the standard open one for everybody, it, it has, it doesn't have the same access to information, right? It's using an old data set. But if you're using real-time data from a business and that, you know, engine starts to be able to consolidate. I mean, it's almost like, um, and and I was I would say this about Copilot too. It's almost like Enterprise Search was ten years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. We think, you know, this is the the poor man's integration tool because you can connect all your data into one thing, and that thing then gives you the capability to 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 aggregate that and use it in different ways. So I think that's kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah, it's very it's interesting then actually, uh, Michael, that you also mentioned Copilot. That's another um, new innovation that came around ChatGPT, and it kind of goes. I was watching. I remember I was watching that demo of the the live, and I was thinking, wow, just imagine if how they're using this data. Imagine if that was Meta or something, and the scrutiny this would be under. Uh, it was quite um, links into our conversation earlier. I think yeah, it's it's just a fascinating topic, and I'm sure we're going to see. I think in moment brought out some generative AI for uh, voice of the customer last week. Before that, nice and five nine have brought out some generative AI for CCAS. It's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how all this is uh, is, implement, is implemented. Um, it kind of opens up some additional privacy concerns, though, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, you've got Microsoft. There's tons of enterprise data. They have, you know, more tools than anybody spread across the enterprise. So I can see a good use case for for Copilot. But at the same time, you're, you know, we haven't solved the data privacy issues we already have. What are we going to do when we connect these uh, AI engines, chat? you know, GPT type engines to all your customer data, all the transaction data, all the personal data. It just, it opens up a whole different sort of discussion around privacy, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the key word there is trust, like Rebecca said, you know, yeah. when at least in the people I've spoken to, you know, that are just kind of giving their first impressions of it is there, there could very well be some reservations from these folks that are saying, yes, you know, you can have access to effectively all of my internal private company data. Um, I think there will be some, you know, again, some reservations there. But, you know, what really make this tool different, like Mike said, is the fact that it's operating on both private and public data. That really is the key differentiator, because otherwise there'd be nothing stopping from anyone from just using ChatPD3 and just, you know, using that alongside it. Like, but that private data is really what matters. Um, and obviously the models are going to get better over time, too. Using our CX example, right? 
you know, a- every customer service team has those few that kind of go above and beyond, right? You're, you're, you're stars of the team, if you will. So imagine being able to train a model based off of the types of interactions that those people are having. You know, I think that is where you maybe in a year or two years time is what's going to be really holding a lot of value because now all of a sudden you're sort of elevating everybody to, you know, be acting, them, like, you know, conducting themselves in a way that's more similar to, I guess, your star pupils, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And yeah, just on on the privacy point as well. I thought it was very interesting when Microsoft. Uh, I think they ditched their ethical AI team. We favored that announcement. They have a secret ethical AI team now. Yeah, yeah, and with the Salesforce, I guess they did also commit to a, I think a two hundred fifty million dollar fund to make this. Yeah, ethical, they. Well, with Salesforce Ventures, they they put out that two hundred fifty million to create an ecosystem around. GPT and and also to to yeah yeah it's it's a fascinating topic and one that I'm sure you know we do this every month now if we it will keep coming up every month <laughs> yeah there will be more to talk about oh yes <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and you know, I think maybe just to close this uh, sorry Michael did you want to say no something? sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but I was just going to add one more thing I think it's kind yeah. of interesting to think about the two tools right Microsoft Teams and Slack. If you connect them and you start to use that, I mean, I, and we already know Salesforce is kind of trying to use Slack as a as a new OS for the whole business. And if you add in the, the GPT engine, I think that gives you some really interesting opportunities with that data and with all the other connected data to really, you know, integrate across the team. So I, and and obviously works the same in Teams as well. So I just think that's an interesting addition now that they both and those are the two leading, you know, collaboration tools out there. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been doing that with Einstein AI, but as you said, they also brought out Einstein GPT, didn't they? Which is, you know, as we've discussed, the idea of having that run between CRM and the contact center, which they brought out is, yeah, it's it's, it's a very good one. And yeah, just to move on um, to the final uh, to the final um, topic now, we just discussed this a little bit for the call. So I think it's maybe a little bit worth just bringing up. I believe there's uh, some news on Twitter and their valuation um, you want to discuss. I don't know who wants to go first. Um, <laughs> how, to, how to lose a company without really trying. Congratulations. I mean, we know Elon's competitive, but boy, he's really outdone himself. Yeah, I, it, it may be a record. That is for certain. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, it happened pretty immediately, too. I remember, like, this is maybe a week after he acquired it, but he basically said, you know, way more of these accounts are bots than I realized, which by nature makes the value of those advertisements way less valuable. Yeah. So I think he kind of realized, uh-oh, uh, very quickly. And now it's just more, you know, set in stone, like, yeah, maybe this isn't going as uh, positively, I guess, as he maybe once had hoped. I, yeah. I want to know, is the, is the bot a thing because i mean he's used that forever is that a is that really uh, is it an excuse or is it a cause and i'm not sure i i can tell now i mean don't get me wrong i know there are bots on twitter we all do right and we've probably all been spoofed by one once in a while but but the but you know you just have to wonder that um that the, the, to drop a you know that much valuation in that short a period of time and the other thing is i feel you know it's it's been a tough environment for all those employees but think of the employees with with the their options now and you know what are they the ones that are underwater and then the new ones and are they repricing and it's just from an employee standpoint that's been a horrible year for them well elon's got a real employee problem you know 
whether it's the ones who used to be there or the ones that are still there. <laughs> and if you think about company valuations, you're paying for total addressable market, but you're also paying for talent. That's yeah. baked into any valuation you're looking at, right? And he's hacked away at the talent, lost the advertisers, and there's no sign that either of those groups are trending mm -hmm. upward for no. Twitter. No, I feel like that's a, an, an interesting excuse across a lot of the layoffs in general have been this idea that, oh, well, you know, we're all working remotely, productivity's down, we hired a lot of new people, all those things. They, they sound like good excuses, but you have to dig underneath that. And I, I don't know, I just, overhiring's a bad thing, but gutting a company is, I don't understand, I just don't understand the business approach, right? Why do I, why do I get rid of the, the most talented people? Because they're the ones who can afford to leave because they can get another job. So why do I, why do I do that? I, I don't I don't know. And if I take a disorganized approach and have people printing out code on pieces of paper, yeah. it's not a huge surprise that some of it ends up on GitHub. I think the more amazing <laughs> thing to me is that it was there for months and nobody caught it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think under, exactly right. The, yeah. the disorganization is really bad. I think um, it went viral on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago, but there was basically a meta or uh, sorry, a Twitter employee that basically had to resort to, you know, tweeting at Elon Musk, like, hey, do I still work for you? So, you know, their entire organizational structure is really broken. I mean, this guy was effectively doing nothing for months, right? And no one ever even caught wind of that. So I think, you know, it's very disorganized. He's trying to change, I think, too much too quickly. And that's really hard to do for an already, you know, established organization that has a certain way of running things. Um, and you can't just, you can't be changed overnight. And this is, I guess, the result when you try to, I guess, reinvent the wheel super quickly. Yeah, we also have to be able to articulate a vision that people will get behind. And I have not seen any of that articulated <laughs> vision, so. Yeah, yeah, gutting, gutting the place is not a vision. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I must admit, I haven't kept up to date with uh, that story, but um, from uh, that, that story of the Twitter employee on LinkedIn to the uh, code going live on GitHub, <laughs> I don't know, I must have been hiding under a rock or something. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And I think that wraps up our conversation um, very nicely. We've covered many, many bases, and I'm sure there's Enterprise Connect uh, later this week as well. So lots more news uh, to come from uh, the CX world. But I think that's a great place uh, to end today's uh, chat. Thank you uh, to all our expert analysts uh, for joining me and uh, for everybody uh, for watching too. Bye for now.